0: Now, back to BetMGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM.
1: Early 25-22 lead for Duke over Hofstra. I'll hate Hofstra forever, guys. As a George Mason alum, damn it. Hoster was one of our rivals. I so said "What the hell?" Knocked him out. Knocked him. We knocked him out in the CAA tournament. and the next year, they took their their uh, their media booklet or whatever. Yeah. And they took a picture. Made it of a, of a, Yeah, of a scene. It was like a, 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 a. It was late in the game, I think, when Hofstra beat them in the tournament, and then they took a picture of that missed free throw and made that like their media booklet for the season. Just to be petty because they didn't get into the tournament and Mason did, and then Mason went to the Final Four. So
2: screw you, Hofstra. I mean, I'm gonna hate Hope them. Lose by a million. I'm gonna hate them with you soon if they don't uh, calm down on the scoring. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: L- luckily, Tennessee, Martin, and NC State doing the thing. One seventy four and a half. The live total in that one. Electricity right there.
1: Loaded night tonight in uh, in college hoops. Which luckily, that's why we can bring on our buddy Jim Root. Joins us now. Uh, you know, I, I guess th- what I want to actually do here, I want to make sure you just if there's anything that you like that's in some of these early games. Let's get that out of the way now, because I'm looking at this schedule going, my God, there's like a thousand games, and I feel like sometimes I don't want to hold you back if you got something. I got to tell them, I got to tell them now before it's too late. So anything in some of these early games you like that we should be looking at?
3: Um, nothing crazy, especially nothing that hasn't really tipped yet. Um, okay. I, I'm on a couple things right now. I'm just I'm glancing through what I've got tonight. Um, I have the under in Texas Tech, Oral Roberts, but I got it 144. I think it's like 142 and a half right now, so a little dicier there, um, but that's... That's it. Nothing Nothing that I really want to like get into the people's minds right away and make sure to hit them with.
0: If you're John Shire right now, Jim, uh, you must be not hitting the panic button, but kind of close. Looks like Duke might be this year's UNC. We always talk about who that team is going to be, and they've fallen off pre-Christmas. Like, how do you, if you're John Shire, adapt this lineup, this roster, to kind of fix some of the spacing concerns that they've had?
3: Man, it's a great question. I think he's got to figure out how to use this time without Tyrese Proctor to kind of figure out a little better of an offensive pecking order. I think coming into the year, everybody thought Proctor was going to emerge into this All-American, you know, secondary All-American threat alongside Filipowski, myself included. I mean, how he played down the stretch last year was really, really impressive. And he was a reclass guard. He's an older reclass guard, but you know, he kind of jumped up a level in competition coming to college so it seemed like maybe the development curve would be accelerated and it didn't quite happen hasn't come to bear this year so figuring out with roach and especially the freshmen i think that's where they got to figure out how, who's going to provide a little bit more scoring pop whether it's mccain or foster getting those guys more confident on the perimeter figuring out how to you know it, it, it increase their confidence i feel like maybe they came in and were deferring to the older guys now they've got to score against Hostra and against baylor coming up they're going to need to step into those roles and, and score a little bit so trying to build that with them and then also i think he's got to get sean stewart in the rotation uh the athletic freshman he's not quite a true center but he's 6 8 he's bouncy He can give him shot blocking more of a presence at the rim you've got to let these guys play through a little bit of their freshman mistakes early on uh, that, that's uh, you know a team that's completely different from this discussion with Michigan State. Um, they're not really letting their freshmen figure things out. And I think they're suffering for it now and, and are going to suffer long term. So these teams, that's it, it, kind of what non-conference is supposed to be, especially the buy games. Let, let these guys get a little comfortable, get their feet wet. And I, I don't know that Duke and Michigan State have really done that to, to a successful level. The Big 12's actually been pretty loaded this season.
2: They got six teams in the top 25. You got Houston coming in, they're number 4 now, and then BYU uh, in the top 25 as well. Who do you like the best in the Big 12? Like if you're looking at futures or just a team that you trust moving forward the rest of the way?
3: It's actually Houston. I know that's maybe a heresy to say with with Bill Self on the sideline at Kansas as good as they've been year after year after year in that league. But Houston, I mean they're they've been a kind of a metronome of their own, and I know it's been in the American and people kind of dig into the, the competition level of that league but the team just rocks and they've got some things that make sure they have a very high floor every single night out and that's they defend they're everywhere the way they challenge jumpers you look at their defensive three-point percentage year after year after year they've kind of become an outlier there where they're the team that actually does dictate how well you shoot typically statistically that's something that's hard to control as a defense but houston they do it because of the way they close out and the athletes that they recruit and then offensively they'll go through some kind of ugly stretches but because they offensive rebound like crazy and they really get after the glass and got you know three or four guys going to it every single time they'll get some second chance putbacks they'll get kick out for open threes for guys that you know might not get as good shots in the flow of the half-court offense but off offensive rebounds they'll find points there so i actually like houston i know they've Uh, Looking at the the odds here at Bet-MGM, they tilted up into the the favorite to win the Big 12, and and I think I'm comfortable with that. Kansas has shown enough sort of flaws a little bit, especially in their half-court offense, that I'm more comfortable with Houston at this stage in the year.
1: After what we've seen at this point, Jim, from Zach Eady. Is the wooden award basically his to lose? I mean, I'm looking. Edie's the favorite here at one book I'm checking out. Hunter Dickinson's behind him at plus 380 after Edie's minus 200. Then we're talking like Philipowski at 30 to 1 and Tyson Walker at 35 to 1. It just feels like even with Hunter Dickinson, who can maybe kind of catch up a little bit, it just this just feels like it's Zach Edie's throughout the entire season.
3: Yeah, I kind of think so. And I I was looking at it this morning, and I think I saw minus 110 at BetMGM, and then later it was minus 160. Edie just seemed to be taking money already today. And it's a bummer because I think there's some people on that list that are undervalued if it was, like, betting to be All-Americans first team. But since only one guy can win the award, I have a hard time seeing how anybody's going to – Uh, unseat ed barring injury and knock on knock on wood uh, knock on my desk here to make sure that nothing happens there but the production is just so immense uh and he's playing for a top five team they've got a ton of big wins already uh, a bunch of them away from home neutral courts uh, and some really really big victories so it seems like they're gonna probably head towards uh, a big 10 championship a one seed and it's gonna be take away from a guy who's scoring you know 24 and 11 or putting that up every single night uh, for an elite team. So as much as, you know, Dickinson's going to be productive and Philipowski and is like, they've had a little bit of shakiness as a team and Edie has let uh, has given up no ground in that race. So I, I do think he's going to go back to back and I'm not really looking at anybody else in that market.
1: Who are the names? I mean, obviously you made it clear that Edie is the one you think that's going to win, but who are some of those names that you think at least deserve a little more credit that you kind of hinted at?
3: Yeah, looking down the board, uh, PJ Hall is 50 to one. And I think he's been arguably the best player in the ACC, and that includes Armando Baycott and Kyle Filipowski. Clemson's undefeated. They've got a bunch of big wins away from home, too. Beat TCU on a neutral. Uh, beat, I think it was Maryland on a neutral. They won at Alabama. Like, they've been ridiculous to start the year just shooting up the rankings and might be the best team in that league. And if Hall continues to score and you know he distributes, he blocks shots, he can hit threes or score in the post, Like he's a tremendous player. And then Tristan Newton, I, I think, is a guy that's kind of getting overlooked for UConn. The hype coming into the year was Donovan Klingin sophomore breakout He's gonna be a star just like Edie was last year and, and contend for national player of the year. Their best player has been Newton and it's kind of been not even close to me looking at uh, what they've done so far this year. He hits clutch shots for them. He's he's great late in the shot clock. He distributes and sets up others. He's a terrific rebounder for a guard. So you get a ton of you know, points per games, uh, rebounds per game, the per game stuff is there. He's, I think I saw 50 to one, two. And if you look at Ken Palm's player, the algorithm, he's in the top five, like kind of first team All-American caliber. So if, if I could bet, you know, let, let's say cut that, cut those odds in fifths. And if he was 10 to one to be a first team All-American, I'd love to wager that. But unfortunately, that, that market's not out there. But he and Hall, I think, are two guys that, that really deserve a lot more love.
0: Yeah, UConn looking good,
3: Jim. Yeah, looking
0: good, starting no. to go up the board. I think it was twenty to one. Now they're fourteen to one. I hate to be the the person who just asks you about bad things. Um, but what's <laughs> what's wrong with USC? They lose to Long Beach State. And I guess the good thing is, what did you like about Bronny's uh, return to action?
3: Hey, Bronny can do some things that they they need. Um, they're not a great perimeter defensive team and he really gets after it on then. I, I feel like you, you think about son of a star and all this hype coming in, oh, he's probably like a big time score, first kind of guy, and he's not. Like, he he's gonna slide into a role for them. He's comfortable just knocking down open shots when they're there and, and being a terrific on-ball defender. And the team really lacked guard depth before he got healthy. Uh, they kind of had Collier and Ellis and not a whole lot else in terms of ball handling and creation. Kobe Johnson's a solid defender, but it, giving giving them another guy that can handle, can shoot, it, it's going to help quite a bit. I, USC is just always a team I'm a little skeptical of when they get big time hype because uh, in, in I believe Andy Enfield's been there for eight years. And in six of them, he's finished between 45th and 55th in Ken Palm. Like it's, he's just consistent. We call it the Enfield zone at three-man weave. Uh, The only time he's finished above that, he had Evan Mobley, and obviously Evan Mobley's a star. And we thought maybe Collier, being a potential number one pick in the NBA draft, would be a guy that vaults them above the Enfield zone. But they're starting to drift back towards it, and I kind of think that's just what they are. A team's going to be like a 7 through 10 seed in the NCAA tournament with a lot of talent, but really inconsistent from night to night.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about, is just what your take is on Isaiah Collier because he had a lot of hype too like you said a lot of people thought he might be the number one overall pick and I don't know if I see him as that what do you see him as?
3: I I think he's probably a lottery pick for sure like the talent level is there and you're a big body guard that can create and shoot and he kind of knows how to use his frame draws contact pretty well but I don't know that he's like a big time shot creator for himself which is usually what you're looking for with that top pick like this upside of being a, you know, all NBA caliber guy, best team on a championship uh, caliber team. I don't know if he's quite there. And I I can't say I know much about the international prospects in this draft. I know there's a bunch of them up in that like top six range, but a Collier isn't somebody that like jumps out to me as need to have him at that number one pick. I don't think any uh, tanking for Isaiah or, you know, uh, something for collier is really a, a necessary move for an NBA team at this point. Uh, if there's somebody else overseas, maybe that's the one that they should be circling atop their boards. Uh Jim, we still got about
2: like three minutes left. There's some big games coming up this weekend Friday night. We get number five Yukon taking on Gonzaga. We also on Saturday get Arizona Purdue on Peacock, four thirty PM tip off here Eastern Time and then North Carolina, Kentucky. Any of the Yeah, I hate that by the way. Uh, and I have to have another <laughs> yeah. name fan. Any of these spots do you like? Um, obviously, we don't have lines, we don't have totals yet. But uh, any of these spots that you do like in these big matchups coming up?
3: Yeah, I like I like uh, UConn. I know it's going to be in Seattle, yeah. so you're probably going to get a pretty pro Gonzaga uh, crowd out there. But I just think they're better than Gonzaga is right now. They're deeper. They've got more weapons. Stefan Castle's coming back and healthier. Going to start to ramp up his minutes, give them more backcourt creation, and that up front. Uh, Duo that they have with Klingon and Samson Johnson, that's plenty to withstand Gonzaga's front court, and they've got a bunch of bodies with Ek and Greg uh, and, Cole, and and Braden Huff. But I just think UConn's better. And two years ago, Gonzaga played a neutral site game in Seattle against Alabama. Every kind of thought, oh, semi home game for Gonzaga, they'll take care of business against the Tide, and Gonzaga lost, they gave up like 95 points to that tied team that just got lit up from deep. I think UConn will continue to show in these non-conference matchups how good they are. Uh, The other one you mentioned, uh, it's not a side angle I like, but depending where the total is, as long as it's kind of reasonable where Ken Palm has it, uh, the over in, in Kentucky and UNC I think makes a ton of sense. When Kentucky has played like kind of equal competition or teams that like to run, they have pinballed back and forth, tons and tons of possessions. And I know they've got Bradshaw back and he gives them a little bit more of interior defense, but I still think that team's gonna play a lot of lineups where it's small ball and you can get buckets at the rim. UNC likes to run as well, so that it's kind of gonna have a, a big time cumulative effect where we're gonna get a lot of possessions. And I think both can score. So as long as that total isn't way out of whack, I think I'll probably end up on that over. Talking to Jim
1: Root, MGM tonight, got about like 90 seconds or so here. Last year, we spent a lot of time talking about Arizona and how they weren't getting the credit for the team that they certainly seem to be. It, it hurts playing on the West Coast, I get it. Like, well, West, at least, you know what I mean, close to the West Coast. Yeah. Like, this is a team now that's 8 No, maybe the number two defense, right? The, the number two defense in the country. We saw what they did against Wisconsin. How good is this Arizona team? Are they the best team in the country right now?
3: They're the best team I've seen. And I know UConn's been really good. Houston's been awesome. Purdue's won a ton of big games already. But Arizona just can do everything you want. Like they've got size, depth, scoring, and playmaking in the backcourt. They can defend. Uh, I know Caleb Love gets a lot of the hype as the big time transfer coming in there. And he's done a great job tailoring his game to their system and not kind of being the crazy shot happy Caleb Love that he was in North Carolina. But Keyshaw Johnson. Coming from San Diego State, obviously a guy that started in the national title game. He's made them more versatile. Last year, they played Ballo and two together, and they were kind of lumbering in the front court. And you could get them in ball screens, and, and they got a little bit vulnerable that way. But Johnson, he can switch one through four, even one through five. He's been more athletic on the offensive end, giving them some more dynamic uh, interior scoring and able to stretch the floor a little bit. I just think this team is complete in every way. They can play different lineups. They can play fast. They can play slow. They can win with offense or defense. They can shoot from the perimeter. I'm completely sold on Arizona. I think they're the best team and, and the odds are starting to display that with them right atop the national champion board. Jim Root,
1: three man weave. Always good to talk to you, man.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks man. Jim.
1: Hofstra is up 37-32 on Duke right now. Yeah,
0: they are. Yeah, they are.
1: Yeah, Duke is uh
0: Fade them.
1: It's, it's insanely difficult to be the guy that follows the guy. That's
2: who John Shire is right now, following Coach K. I one time, though, easy. to shout out John Shire, I think he's going to be okay, and mm-hmm. he did grow up like 15 minutes from me, and I did one time. <laughs> so that changes I things, saw Center. him score like 85 points in a oh, game yeah. at Glenbard. It was, did you
0: really? Just people, giving him buckets. He,
2: he's one of the greatest scorers in high school basketball history, no matter where. Like anybody that knows, like anybody will tell you. John Shire, he was a bucket, oh, yeah. man. He was so damn good remember him at Duke. I won a national title. He was he was always the villain when he was there. They always have
1: the one villain. Everybody's always the villain at Duke. That's true. But there's <laughs> always one, right? There's always a guy that stands out. Like, uh, I mean, J.J. Reddick was one of the kings of that. Oh, I love Later. J.J. It's been MGM Tonight.